Hello everyone, it's Carrie Hummingbird with Soul Nectar Show. And this week I am gifting you an episode that I recorded on the Skeptic Metaphysicians podcast. We're going to change it up a little bit this week and you get to hear a little bit about my story and background and um, as I interview with Will Rodriguez. So enjoy this interruption to the normal programming of Soul Nectar Show, and let me know what you think. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show. Carrie Hummingbird, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited because I've been trying to get you on our show for, it feels like decades, but it's probably, it was probably just years, right? <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here. This is really fun. <laughs> I'm excited to have this conversation. I know we're going to go some cool places. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and full disclosure, usually I have a pretty good idea of what direction we're heading in, but I got to be honest, and I'm excited about it. I don't have the foggiest notion of where our conversation is going to go today, which is really exciting because I, I, it helps me to release all my OCD tendencies. It lets me just go with the flow. And there's something about you that just inspires me to do that. So uh, you okay with just going with the flow? Well, actually, I think I know why this is, is happening this way. It's because this is the mystery and I'm all about the mystery, capital M. Stepping into okay. the mystery and letting it unfold, see what happens next. Uh, so uh, speaking of mystery, right, because I love that. I love the fact that we're uh, journeying into the mystery together here now. Carrie Hummingbird, that's a that's an interesting name. How did you, is that your given name? No, so um, that's my, well, it depends who's giving it to me. Yes, in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And it was, so then who gave it to you? It and... <laughs> was given to me by spirit. So Carrie was given to me by my mom. And sure. Hummingbird was given to me by spirit. And so I was actually, I'm sitting in the house right now that I purchased, but I, I was looking for a house. I finally had a job. I could afford my own house after my divorce. Uh, in 2012, I was able to buy my own house. And I was looking and I found this house and I just knew this was the one. And, but they already had an, an offer. They had a contract, had going back and forth and negotiating. And so my realtor is like, you're not going to get that house because anybody that goes back and forth four or five times, they always close a deal. I said, well, we'll see about that. So I sat down with my drum and I did a little meditation and I was visualizing myself in the house, like kind of, I've been studying Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I was like, okay, I'm going to visualize myself in this house. I'm going to see myself. And in this journey that I took with my drum, I saw my grandma. My grandma was like, who was departed, was like, this is great. This is great. I love this house. I had all this support. and. I was kind of making it happen until the last thing that happened in the journey was that I was visualizing being in the kitchen of the house, looking out the back window, and suddenly this rainbow light swooshed up, totally swooshed up the back window with a hummingbird. And I wow. thought, wow, that is cool. This time stopped. I had this feeling of, Ah, and then the phone rang and it was my real estate agent. The deal just fell through. They want to have your offer. What are you offering? 
No way. Immediately. That is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I took I, it as a sign. <laughs> like, uh, I think yeah, Hummingbird I, I is my ally. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Yeah. No question about it. Longtime listeners to the show will remember my story with the butterfly. I had a very similar instance with that, that sparked part of this awakening that I'm undergoing right now too, where it was, everything stopped, completely stand, stood still. And there was nothing in the world except for this butterfly and I in the connection. It was incredible. So I totally understand where you're going, where you're coming from. So the only thing is I didn't, I didn't adopt the name. I probably should have. I mean, your story is remarkable because it, the, the timing is perfect. That's incredible. Well, here's, there's another part to the story because a lot yeah. of people don't know my last name officially now is Sami because I'm remarried and um, my husband, Akeem, that's his last name, but I didn't register that that was his last name for a really long time. Like it'd been months. I had known this guy from, he came to a firewalk. I leave firewalks. And so he came to walk across 1300 degree coals with me. And he fell for me because here I am this medicine woman in the front of the class. I'm leading 50 people across a fire and I'm like Tony Robbins, but like Carrie Hummingbird. And I'm just like, yeah, we're going to walk across the fire and be empowered. And I'm just, lead, I'm just all charged up. And he was so like, wow, this woman is hot, you know, like in many ways. <laughs> and so he started wanting to date me and stuff like that. And and I, I said, you know what? You really should read my books before you commit to me because I, <laughs> I have had a yeah. journey and you need to be okay with that journey because it's public. You, you need to know what you're getting yourself into, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a sage. You need to know. Uh -huh. I talk all the stories and you need to know what's out there about me. So mm -hmm. I gave him my books and, and, and we've been dating maybe a couple of months. And I go to the store one day. One night late, like 10 o'clock, I'm in the aisle. I'm looking for some stuff. I'm not normally there. I'm multitasking, talking to my mom. All of a sudden, this tall man starts looking at me. And he has this And he comes up to me and touches my arm. He says, I know you. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. He said, no, you're. 911, 911. You're, you're dating my son. He had seen my picture on the book cover. And he recognized me from the book cover. Oh, and he said, you are dating my son. He said, by the way, my son is completely in love with you. Oh my gosh. So all of a sudden in this moment, I, I hear my Caro nation people from Peru, the, the tribe that supports my work, just laughing, just giggling in the ethereal realms. And they're like, there's no more back doors on this one. They're just laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the joke? What's the joke? And they said his last name. Well, his last name is Sami, S-A-M-I. In the Karo tradition, that means the light. There's only two oh. words, hucha, heavy energy, Sami, light energy. I've been saying Sami, 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 Sami for decades, like, you know, years. Wow. In healing sessions. And here comes my Sami. In real life, in, in, in physical real form. life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So we've talked on the show a lot about the power of coincidences and the universe putting things in our path and things like that, that it sounds, it sounds like you are like the embodiment of all this stuff. And I know from firsthand experience, having been in a meeting with you where you instantly felt a shift in energies. I know that you're very open. You're very in tune with energetics and all that kind of stuff. So have you found that being open to whatever the universe is going to throw your way has allowed a lot of stuff to come to you? very easily or have you worked have to work at it like the rest of us no i would say a little of both because i was i kept my channel open my whole life even though i was asleep until about 48 ish 40 no, a little bit sooner 42 
I was asleep for a long time, like everybody else. So just kind of living the, the dream in the matrix, asleep, doing my job, doing the family, doing the, all the expectations like everybody else. And but I kept my channel open by doing artwork. So I would go out in nature and I would do art. And I really feel like that kept it open for me, the potential. And it wasn't as hard for me than when I woke up because I already had that imagination active. So when it started waking up for me, it was after the bottom of my dark night of the soul. And my book, Awakening to Me, is my first book. It tells all the gritty details. There's a whole lot of drama in there. If people interested in drama, there's there you have it over there. <laughs> you can go read that or listen to the Audible. But the fact of the matter is, like when I started waking up after the darkness, most of us do wake up after the darkness. I was getting these um, like nightmares at night where I was having these ringing in my ears. And this sense of foreboding and like I was being choked, like I couldn't speak. And really it was this darker part of my subconscious that just wanted me to stop doing everything I was doing and I wasn't listening. So as I went on my journey in the second part of my life, a new book opened up and yeah, things started unfolding that were magical because I was finally listening to my soul. I was finally paying attention and I took the leap of faith. I left all the things behind that I had been building with my former partner, the father of my children for you know, a couple of decades. I said, okay, I'm going to walk away from everything that I've been doing up until now because I, don't, I have to change everything in order to live free, to be myself. I have to find myself. And I had lost myself in that relationship. So you, know, it was, you, do, you do get it woken up, but you have to take the action to wake it. You can't just sit back and armchair quarterback life, you've got to make some big, bold decisions. And when you do, your soul is going to show up and you're going to have amazing moments like I've had. Right. You need to take action. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Now, we've heard on the show before the fact that awakenings are difficult. They're challenging. They're messy. They're ugly. And that they're a lonely path because you have to take leaps that are well outside of your comfort zone in order for you to make the biggest I don't want to say advancement, but successes in, in your path forward. Is that how you've experienced it? Is it, is it something that is a rough road, but eventually will pay off or can it be an easy, just make a decision and, and, and it'll be primrose and butterflies the rest of the way? Well, let's just say rather than go from one stream to the other, let's walk the middle road. So there is some amazing ecstatic beautiful, mystical connections with the divine when you open yourself that way. And there's some painful um, realizations. There's changes in relationships that need to take place. There's admitting of fault, you know, like, uh, yes, I did this thing. Yes, this was my path. Yes, I made these choices. Yes, they had impact. It was challenging on people in my life. And I'm committed to growth. I'm committed to evolution. I'm committed to bettering myself. And because of that, life starts to improve and we start to move ourselves up the matrix. Uh, I love the power versus force matrix for anyone who's, you know, geeky and likes to look at that kind of stuff. But David oh, yeah, R. Absolutely. Hawkins mm -hmm. and, yep. you know, so you can see shame's at the bottom. Shame is included in the human experience. Enlightenment's at the top, enlightens the potential of the human experience, but you'll never get to enlightenment if you won't feel the shame. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's all right. part of the journey It's everything. And most of us are trying to avoid the shadows. Most of us are like, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. And look at our culture. And I was part of it, taking the not feeling pills for 13 years, trying to stop feeling grief. 
because when I was crying all the time, when I had my baby at 30, something broke loose in me, so much generational trauma and the mother wound broke loose in me and I started crying. I couldn't stop crying. And so I started taking those pills because I couldn't function. And I felt like I can't be this miserable with my baby. I've got to be happy. I'm supposed to be happy. So I was trying to force myself to be happy, but it was a superficial happiness. It wasn't, it wasn't actual happiness. But when I finally stopped taking those pills and just faced my feelings and felt them and developed emotional capacity, emotional intelligence, then I was able to be in true joy because joy includes sadness. Joy includes grief. Joy doesn't leave anything out of the equation. So then do you think that always following your path at the, hmm, I don't want to say detriment, but sometimes when you begin in a relationship and you each start to grow, but then suddenly your path starts going in this direction and this certain other person's path doesn't seem to follow yours. Are you the mindset that you're always supposed to follow your path in spite of the fact that you might lose what you've built with this other person? I absolutely Tough question. I know. No, it's it's really true, and I I help people with this all the time. Okay, so I want to say I'm always helping people with this question, and it and every situation is unique. In my situation, I made the choice that I needed to focus on one thing at a time, and the one thing I needed to focus on first was healing myself because I'd gotten myself down in such a pit of despair. And, and such a, it was just like a repeating nightmare. Like it was so hard to get out of it within the context of that relationship. I had to leave in order to heal myself first and find myself again. So it, nothing bad about him. Just it, I could not heal the relationship at the same time as I was healing myself. I couldn't personally hold all of that at the same time. So what I did was I, of course, stayed with my boys and, you know, and helped them along their journey while I invested in myself. So I actually invested my entire, you know, life savings from working in high tech in myself, in training, in shamanic development, in, you know, all of my mentors. I mean, every last dime of that I invested so that I could start my purpose path so that my, my mortgage could get paid and my kids could do what they needed to do and I could follow my path. So a lot of people whine and complain and I, you know, I, I don't mean to be judgmental about it, but say like, oh, you should give us all for free. And if you're happy now, you should give us all. And it's like, well, I didn't, I paid my way. I, I invested, I, I gave everything. I sacrificed my retirement so that I could live. I sacrificed every penny I ever saved so that I could be well and that I could become the mother my boys deserved. That's how committed I was to my path. And I would have sold my house if I had to. I didn't, luckily, didn't have to go that far because then I, you know, I ended up getting some more assistance. But the point being, you know, when you get that call of your soul, yeah, that's the number one. Every other thing in your life has to adjust to that call. And in the process of that adjustment, what, what happens is that things get set on a right foundation. So I got this image years ago of what's going on with, um, with my relationship with my former partner and with most of the relationships I was in up until that point is kind of like a forest where all of the trees, instead of sending their roots down into the ground, into the earth, they have them wrapped around each other's trunks trying to squeeze life out of mm. all the other trees in the forest. <laughs> Meanwhile, all they have to do is put their roots straight down into the soil where there's bucket loads of reservoirs of water and nourishment and love from Mama Earth. Mm -hmm. So we are all in that process right now 
of uncoiling our roots from other people's trunks, sticking those roots down into the earth to get our own source of nourishment. And then from that solid foundation of true right relationship, of love, of aini, of reciprocity, of, of true source connection, we can rebuild our relationships in a more true way. And there's a whole lot of messy crap that has to be revealed and worked through in order to right yourself. And But we are righting ourselves. We're not going to live on the triangle of disempowerment anymore. There's no more victims, rescuers, and perpetrators. There's only people taking responsibility for their lives and for themselves and following their soul and their guidance, connecting down into the source and following that truth that's coming through their hearts. That's how we're going to build new earth. And yeah, it's a little bumpy. It's difficult. We have a lot of martyrdom and a ton of victimization. And I just can't. And woe is me. And life is horrible. And if that's you right now, that's not you. I'm sorry. It's not you. That's the dragons hooked into you. But that's not you. You're mm. an infinite being. So how do you get beyond that? How do you get out of that poor, oh, poor is me? You got to decide to sacrifice everything. So you know, this is something we do in our, my level two training in inner medicine is we rebirth. And one of the scariest things about rebirthing is that if you think about what rebirth actually is, rebirth says, I'm going to die to myself, but stay alive. So I'm going to start a new incarnation without dying physically. But I'm going to let go of my history, my self-concept, everything I think I am. Everything I think I need, I'm putting it all in a treasure box. And in my group, we give it to the Holy Mountain. We say, here you go. And we take this courageous journey of letting go, spirit of death. Take it all and show me on the other side what's more true. And what happens is everything that's yours truly stays, but it's going to be reconfigured in a healthier way. So you can move forward in your life with more grace and beauty. I love the way you express yourself, Carrie. Let me just say that. This is fantastic. We actually have to uncoil our roots from our trunks just for a second because we got to take a break. But our conversation is just getting started. I know you wrote a book that I really want to talk to you about. It's called The Second Wave. And in the book, you warn us about something that's coming that we've got to change in order to face. When we come back, we're going to dive into that. So this is not one you want to miss. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Skeptic Minimizations. We're talking to Carrie Hummingbird, and she has already blown our minds at least five times over, <laughs> if you're anything like me at all. Right before the break, we were talking about a book that she wrote called The Second Wave, and I... I'm excited to talk to you about it because when we did a pre-call interview or pre-interview call, uh, whatever you call it, we we're throwing out ideas of what topics to go down. And this one really stuck in me because you feel that it is urgent that we shift, that we change. First of all, why? Why is it so urgent that we change right now? Well, so we're in what many people are calling the Great Awakening. And so this is an opportunity for us to, for, and I say us, I mean humanity, to ascend our consciousness to the place where we are in harmony with all of life on Earth, all of life in the galaxies. And when we're like that, 
guess what? We'll be able to have the technologies that support us in traveling around like Star Trek and all this kind of stuff that everybody feels like really excited about doing. But, you know, if I was the mother of this galaxy, I wouldn't let us out off this planet at this moment because we have <laughs> not learned how to take care of our room. Okay. So. We can't. We can't. We haven't learned how to take care of each other, much less. Our room. We're yeah. fighting with our siblings. We're beating each other up. We're, you know, we're take. We're stealing from everybody. We're we're hoarding, and we're not cleaning our rooms up, and we're we're polluting the whole planet, and we're, you know, we're not being responsible. So she's not right. going to let us off this planet. I'm sorry. You know, we're just not. We're not ready. So, but we need a ascension in consciousness, and I think we're ready for it now. This is the time when we're all ready to ascend our consciousness to say, yeah, I see that what we're doing is not good. So how do we ascend our consciousness? We say, you know what? I, I take ownership for myself about, again, stepping off that victim triangle. You do have a say. You do have a say in polluting the oceans or not. Because you don't have to buy beer cans with the little loopy loop things that, you know, end up in the ocean, right? The plastic. You can buy something that has algae. They actually have algae-based ones now that dissolve in water. You have choice. You can choose not to use the straw that's made of plastic. You can choose the straw that biodegrades. You do have choice. You do. You can take responsibility. You don't have to buy the jugs of, of laundry detergent that just end up in landfills. You can Now they have these little squares that come in a little cardboard box, and you can put the square in there for your laundry, and it's freeze-dried laundry detergent, and it does your laundry. You'd have a choice. You have to educate yourself, and you have to choose to be an asset and a blessing to this planet. That's your right. choice. And to do that, you got to face a lot of dark stuff that you're doing right now out of coping or whatever reason you're doing it, victimization, and stop that. Quit that stuff. Quit it. <laughs> Absolutely. Stop I'm it. quitting. I'm stopping. I promise. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but but so let's let's just connect the dots for those who are listening in for a second. How does caring for the planet actually, how does that connect to your our spiritual awakening? Because we are one with the planet. That's actually the latest book talks about that. Inner medicine, inner, inner, inner medicine, inner, not outer, inner medicine, um, becoming one with Mother Earth for the survival of, of humanity. And do I want humanity to survive? Yes. In the current configuration? No. You know, because it's not sustainable. <laughs> so we can all die and it's fine with me. If nobody wants to change, I'll just let the species die. But if you guys want the species to continue, we have to change. We have to realize that we're connected with all of life on the planet everything. We're, we're not separate from Mother Earth. She's not a floor. She's a conscious living being that has gifted us our lives. She's actually in our bodies speaking to us all the time. That little crick you get in your neck, that's Mama Earth talking to you. That little pain you get in your knee, that's Mama Earth talking to you in your body. She hears all your thoughts, all your grievances, all your complaints. She hears, she feels when you're gratitude, when you have, when you're gratefulness, she feels that. And she is alive. And, and she is us. We are Earth. That's who we are. I love people that think we can fly off and live on Mars. I don't know how that would happen because we're Earth. We're made of Earth. Without Earth sustaining us, we're going to have a hard time doing that. It's an <laughs> idiotic idea. And it's kind of like the biggest escape artist thing to do ever, right? It's like well, the pushing the escape artist thing to the max. Yeah, like a sci-fi uh, little nerd that I am, like living on Mars. That I mean, that sounds pretty flipping cool to me. But yeah, I don't, I don't see how it happens, honestly. At least not for a very long time. But it sounds like, and please correct me. I know you are a medicine woman, and as a medicine woman, I would assume that by your saying Earth is listening to everything, seeing our thoughts, and giving us messages all the time, 
I assume that you feel that Earth, the planet, is God, a, per, a part of God, just like we are? Well, I would, yeah, I think everything is part of God. I mean, God is all that is, capital A, all that is. That means all that is. <laughs> that means even like with those little demons you think are so terrible and everyone's like, oh, we're going to stay away from it. Or, you know, like the <laughs> angels, oh, let's welcome them. You know, but that's just like that power versus force matrix. You know, like we're all trying to avoid shame. Like, no, oh, I don't want to be shame. But like then we deny we feel it and then it expands and it gets bigger. Like, you know, it's a big old pimple that needs to pop on the planet right now. Honestly, people, it's hey, nasty. Did not need that it's visual, nasty, Carrie, that, but that. I just said it's time to pop it. We have to face the stuff that we've been repressing. We have to face it, feel it to heal it, and step forward as a new responsible conscious human. So yes, and Mother Earth is conscious. She's she's stepping into a new part of her journey. She doesn't want to be held back anymore by the lower vibrational stuff that we keep doing. And so the only way for us to shift the whole matrix is to take responsibility for it. And I love the gene keys, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S, because it gives us a way of understanding what the heck Carrie Hummingbird is talking about, is that when you go get your chart, it gives you this really simple diagram. And my chart looks something like this. When you're in your shadows, Carrie, you're in judgment, you're in opinion, you're in expectation, you're impatient, you have conflict, you know, and I could go on, but I have 11 shadows that I grapple with every single day. Now, when I shift into the gift, the higher, the middle way, as I was talking about, the middle way, I shift into integrity. So when I say something, you know I'm saying it true because I'm all about us being in integrity. I know that I'm farsighted. I have, far, I have farsighted vision. I can see the end of the road approaching. So please, when I tell you the end of the road is approaching, please listen and say, yes, Carrie Hummingbird, I trust you. You have farsightedness in your chart. And when I say we need to be diplomatic with each other to get to peace, believe me, we need to be diplomatic to get to peace. So we all have gifts like that, and we all have gifts to share. And when we, when we do the homework to understand ourselves, the self-discovery, the inner medicine, we show up as better humans. Now, how does the second wave fit into this? Because you had asked me about the second wave. Yes. Is that there's a group of souls that have some you know, longevity, some experience, some mastery in some areas that said, that is a great project. I want to go to Earth and help humanity ascend consciousness. I want to be part of this grand experiment. And so said, yes, I will go to Earth and I will be part of this. I'll serve my role. I'll bring my expertise on other planets or other places with other species. And I'm going to come and share that with Earth and with humanity. I'm going to experience from the inside out what it's like to transform a human being into a conscious being. And so there's a, the second wave is all the volunteers. And if anybody ever looked at Dolores Cannon's work, um, Dolores Cannon did like, I don't know, decades of work um, interviewing people when they're, they were in a subconscious state and yeah, talking Q to their souls. QHHT, yeah. QHHT and interviewing yeah. them about this. And she's the reason she became aware of it because the people were saying, oh, well, I'm part of the second wave. I'm part of the first wave. And she's like, what is this? She started getting curious. So. I initially had seen that video years ago, but by 2019, when I was sitting meditating on my front lawn and I heard this, my guidance say, you're writing a new book. And I said, I am? Yes. What's the name of it? The second wave. What the heck is that? You know what it is. No, I don't. What does that mean? <laughs> and I said, go look at YouTube, Dolores Cannon. So I was like, I vaguely remember this. Now, I should also say that my one of my really good friends had been trying to push off Dolores Cannon's books on me for like, I don't know, eight, a year. 
And every time I opened it, I would fall asleep. So I was like, I'm not supposed to read this. <laughs> not, not yet anyway. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So yeah. I, I started writing the book like the next day. And really, it wasn't really writing. It was more just listening um, and channeling and writing the words that were coming through and then double checking with my pendulum to make sure I got it correct. And so there's a wonderful book that would help anybody who feels like, I think I'm part of the second wave thing. So how do you know you're part of the second wave? Your life has been a hot mess. <laughs> That's mm. number one clue. You've had to deal with a whole lot of difficult, dark patterns in humanity. Your family system has like some really deep, dark patterns or difficult things to handle. Um, you've always been the one that said, we don't have to keep it this way. We can heal this. We can come together and love. How come people don't forgive each other? You you've always been wondering like, what's going on with humanity? How come people don't just talk to each other? You're that you're the rainbow sheep, as I like to call it, not the black sheep. You're the rainbow sheep. Remember yourself. And uh -oh. you came here to bring peace. You came here to uplift consciousness. And some part of you always knew that this wasn't the way it was supposed to be. So you kept setting about trying to find the answers for how to heal it and make it better. That's who you are. And if you're if that's resonating for you, you're part of the second wave. I gotta take a minute. <laughs> uh, I gotta take a minute. Oh my god! Uh, I this is this is not typical. I'm getting a, a crazy reaction. I don't really understand it. It sounds interesting, but what's what's hitting me the most is like I can't like I'm physically unable to speak at this moment. At mm. least to 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 share what I'm thinking. Like my eyes watered up. I'm getting goosebumps. It's like there's there's uh uh hmm okay that's um. Maybe that's why the second wave, that's what jumped out at me when we were talking in, in the, in the pre-called uh, conversation that, that maybe that's why we we're supposed to talk about it. I got to tell you, Carrie, it seems like you just checked all my boxes, um, which is weird because I've never considered myself to be anything but a messenger, right? I've always been someone that's just here to help other people amplify their messages, but maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. Being a messenger is totally part of being the second wave because when you find a solution that heals yourself and your family, you, of course, want to be in service and share it with everybody who's willing to listen. And so I'm getting chills. There's so many people on the planet that are part of this. <laughs> Let's just say I'm just going to back it up. So the last time we tried to elevate humanity's consciousness, a beautiful, gentle soul and a group of souls, actually, it wasn't one person, it was a group of beautiful souls came to the planet called the Coptics, the Christians, and came and tried to enlighten humanity and got horribly persecuted for it. And then the entire story got warped into this rescuer, perpetrator, victim triangle, which is not true. It never was true. It's not true now. It's false. We've always ever been trying to show humanity that we are so powerful, that we are so divine, that we are worthy of love, that we were created in the image and likeness of, and that we are able to stand on those two feet and we are able to speak from our hearts. And that is for us to do. But it was warped for a long time on the planet because of some reasons we don't need to go into because it's not really that important. The point is that we're coming out of that dark time and we're coming back to the truth and we're waking up to ourselves as divine beings in a body that are part of all that is. So we are part of all that is. We, God's not on some distant planet. God is right here, right now. It's all of us. It's a we. It's not a he or a she. It's us. We, the collective. 
that created all of this together as part of some magical experience that none of us even understands, even as souls. It's just like, well, so why do we need to explain it? Let's just experience it. It's a beautiful thing that we've all gifted ourselves. <clears throat> this went places I didn't think it was going to go. So, uh, but I've got to bring it back for a second because something you said earlier struck me and I've got to, I want to touch on it because it feels important. You mentioned that we were all ready to ascend. We were all ready to awaken. What would you say to those that look at the world right now and sees the division and sees the different sides and pointing fingers and saying, those people aren't ready to wake up? There's a faction of people who are digging in their heels, it seems, and saying, no, no, we won't go because they're afraid of change. So how can we help them to realize the importance of change and to, to get out of the mentality that it's not going to be enough, it's scarcity mentality? So the first thing I want to say to that is that we are in a classroom of souls of all different ages of souls and all different mastery levels. So the fact that you're listening, anybody listening to this podcast, you've got a little bit more mastery and capability than some of the other souls on the planet, number one, which makes you more responsible, number two, to be love. And I'll share a story of what does love look like? So this is a, a story shared with me by my mentor, and it was a woman who was um, dressed Arabic right after 9-11, and she was in a store. And a white you know, presenting guy came in, and he was really angry. There was a lot of anti-Arabic sentiment at that point, and was extremely angry, walked up to her and was just yelling and hateful and just angry and just vehement and just spitting hatred at her. And she, from her heart, listened in silent witness. And the only thing she said to him when he was finished was, I love you. That's who we are. That's who we are. We can do that. And does it take effort on our part to get to the place that we can hold that much love in the middle of that much hate? Absolutely. That's why you join a community. That's why you get support. That's why you listen to this podcast. That's why you tune into Will. That's why you hang out in inner medicine because you got to get to the place where, because you know what your job was this lifetime. You know your incarnation goal. You remember some part of you inside is like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be that, but I just don't know how because I hate those people. I do too sometimes. I get angry. I get upset. I'm human. But the difference is I know I have tools to work through that. The difference is I know I can hold myself through my own reaction, process that, transmute it, and I know I can use my psychic gifts to see into that other person to see what's going on behind the scenes to explain the behavior. And then I can have compassion for that. Because for me, I need to know why, you know, in order to have, I'm still working on compassion. I can't just do automatic compassion. I have to know why is that person acting that way? And then when I have that insight, it helps me relax my judgment. Remember I said I have judgment and I can go into integrity and I can go into perfection. It's all perfect at the same time. We're all learning in earth school. Some of us are behaving very poorly, but actually for our soul age, it's really appropriate because we all have to learn how, like, you can't know what hatred is unless you feel hatred in your body. How can you possibly know what it is unless you experience it? Try to tell any teenager any lesson and they go, uh-huh, 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 and then they go do it. 
<laughs> I mean, just right. be a mom. You'll see. It's like, yeah, you can't right. tell anybody anything until after they've done it. And then you go, okay, now what did you learn? Uh, Sienna, if you're listening to this, it does not mean go and do it. It means, listen, I'm, you still have to listen to me. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, you know, as adult souls, and that's who, that's who this audience is. So I'm looking right at you guys. As adult souls, we have got to pony up, okay? Because <laughs> we cannot be playing the same victimization game as the young souls. We're the adults in the house. We need to pony up, you know? And so, yeah, they're going to be, it's just like any angry teenager acts really terrible. Yeah, that explains like a lot of the stuff going on, right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we have to set a good example. And what that lady did, that Arabic lady, takes an incredible amount of fortitude and strength to be able to do that. And I'm nowhere near that because my way of saying I love you is going to entail something with a finger. So it's probably not the right way to go about it. So I'm working on it, though. <laughs> Who knows? That might be the right medicine in the moment. You know, but this guy totally broke down when she did that. He broke down and everything yeah. cracked open and he realized... Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah. I'm being this way. I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to act like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I was, I forgot what show I was listening to. I'm an avid listener of podcasts. And, and one show I was listening to the other day had a similar story where someone was walking in the park in, behind this one lady and he saw this lady just pull out a candy bar or something like that and take the, pop the candy bar in her mouth and just toss the wrapper over her shoulder, littering on the sidewalk. That really infuriated him. So he grabbed the wrapper and went faster than her and walked to the trash can that was in front of her and dropped it off. Well, and as he was dropping it in the trash can, he turned around and gave her this big glare, right? How could you do that? And she all of a sudden broke down in tears. She's like, why are you being so mean to me? She had just undergone a terrible breakup and she was completely distraught and she was going out for a walk and trying to soothe herself by having this candy bar. And she didn't think about just that act of her throwing the wrapper on the ground would be because she was so caught up in her own drama and the other person was so mad at her not realizing what she was going through when all he could have done is just picked up the wrapper and threw it away without pressing judgment. And that's what we're trying to get to. And that's not where I am, but I'm really working hard to get that, especially if I'm part of the day I'm second wave. And that's why the second, the second title of the second wave book is Transcending the Human Drama. <laughs> <laughs> because you really, you know, it. I mean, I love this, the spheres of influence. When you first, your influence is yourself. And if you're completely self-obsessed, and by the way, self-obsession is a shadow in the gene keys. So you might just have the shadow that you're contending with learning how to not be so self-obsessed and self-absorbed. When we're, when our drama is like all we can see, you know, we have no understanding of our impact in our surroundings. And a lot of times, the, one of the ways I learned this lesson for myself was through my voice. Um, when I was, when I get angry, sometimes my voice gets real hard. I don't know if anybody else has paid attention to your voice when you're angry, but it gets that hard edge and it's kind of cruel and it's snippy and it like slices right through somebody's eardrums. And, you know, it really gets through their heart and daggers, you know, and I don't do that yeah. anymore because now I know the impact of it because I'm self-aware. So I can breathe and go, oh, my heart's not in the right place to speak on this right now. Let me take a few breaths. Let me soften this. Let me be more gentle with myself. Let me really own my own anger, my own reaction, and process that before I say anything and give myself some space. And it, I mean, it's great yeah. advice. It's just, it's just really difficult to do sometimes when you're in heat of the moment and you get caught up in the emotions. It's hard to just not react. At least it's my experience. It's very difficult for me totally. to do it. It, you know, your boss sends you that email that pisses you off and you're like, ah, 
Yeah, your ears are spouting steam. And God forbid you hit that enter button because if you do, your life is about to change in ways you don't, they couldn't possibly want. So you've learned to just step away and take a breath. Uh, hopefully, we'll get better as we go. Practice restraint. Uh, restraint is a gift. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Quite, Not suppression. Not suppression. Restraint. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Carrie, I love talking to you. Uh, this is the most amazing conversation I've had in such a very long time. But we're running out of time, unfortunately. Your books, Inner Medicine, Love is Fears, Second Wave, these are all best-selling books and they're award-winning books. We're going to add a link to all your books in our show notes so people can just go right to skepticmedivision.com and grab those right away. I could not, could not recommend them highly enough. Also, carriehummingbird.com is your website. Someone wants to reach out to you. That's the best way to do that. Is that correct? That's correct. And if you want to get a free meditation pack for Inner Medicine, you can go to carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash inner medicine. Inner medicine, you guys. Inner. Inner. Not external. Inner. <laughs> Not outer, right. <laughs> Not outer. I'm going to go there right now. That sounds like something I definitely need. And then uh, before we go, we had talked about there's a circle you're trying to form that's coming up here soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we close up shop? Yeah, my main, I mean, I'm a healer, so I obviously I do healing sessions and stuff like that. And I work one on one with people, but I really love group work. Group work mm. is so fantastic because you get to learn from every single person's lessons in the group. I mean, it's like magnified learning. So I do small groups of less than 15 so I can really be with people. And inner medicine training is my thing. I teach people how to have strong inner medicine. We work with uh, the Andes Mountains Medicine. We work with the Gene Keys. We do shamanic healing and we do alignment work for every person to live their own thumbprint journey of life. I don't try to push anything on you. It's your journey. So I hold space. Mm -hmm. And that next group is forming and it's going to start in February 2024. So we're getting in the ramp up for it. And anyone who's interested should reach out for a discovery call. It's free. Oh, that's amazing. So what does that entail? Do people go to you in person? Do you do online stuff? Is it a long period of time? Is it a one-time thing? How does it work? Well, I don't want to scare anybody, but, you know, <laughs> getting getting fully aligned with your inner medicine and your gene keys chart uh, without, you know, kind of creating conditions where you might go insane, it takes about 15 months, okay? Because <laughs> we're, remember, we're okay. rebirthing right in the middle of this life. So we're not going to like have to die and leave the body. We're going to rebirth right here, right now in this body, stay alive. Yeah. So yep. you're going to rebirth your whole life. That takes 15 months. Now, if you think about the context of how long you've been struggling with your current life and not knowing how to change it, then it's probably a pretty short period of time. It's a year and a half to change mm. all that. So that's, right. that's pretty much what we do, and it's weekly over Zoom. But really, honestly, the guides of this work, the etheric guides of this work, it's with you 24 by 7. So you are constantly 24 by 7 being supported um, I know you're being supported by my soul. You're being supported by the lineage that supports my work. And I maintain an altar for all the students. So I'm always lighting the fire, putting the tobacco on there for clearing and support and constantly praying. So you're getting a lot of support for that year and a half and weekly Zoom calls to, to do transformational work every single week. That sounds incredible. Any plans of actually doing something in person out in the Andes or something like that? Yeah, like uh, we are going to Peru, actually, in uh, June 2024. We're going to spend a week in the Sacred Valley with the shamans. We're going to go to the Holy Mountain that I was talking about earlier. And we're going to put that treasure box right there and just leave all that stuff up there. <laughs> and just like goodbye. <laughs> Feed the mountain. 
And then we're going to go to Lake Titicaca and have a beautiful journey of the highest lake in the Andes and, you know, and get that rebirth energy going on. So yeah, it's a beautiful, extremely potent time. And you want to rest after you get back because if you transform so much stuff, probably take you, you know, a good while to integrate that. But we, we oh, work with some wonderful people out there. It's a gorgeous trip. Yeah. Sounds incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Carrie, this has been fabulous. And I don't use that word lightly. <laughs> this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your wisdom with us and really rocking my world specifically. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for having me on and love you, everybody. Love, love, love. Kisses, kisses, kisses. <laughs> All right. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Okay. And a huge thank you to you. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing the message we're sharing on the show, do them and us a favor and share the show with them. It will help get the word out about us and it might just change someone's life for the better. Well, that's all for now. We will see you on the next episode of The Skeptic Metaphysician. Until then, take care. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul Nectar Show. Awaken Take a sip from the drip of nectar from the source of who you are.